This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Welcome to the Masters of the Cinematic Universe's Masters Class Series on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You got that deep country 11 p.m. energy going on, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know you know how we do it here. <laughs> Is that how we do it here? I didn't know that. Yeah. I just, I just hardlined some Mountain Dew. Oh. Nice. Get her done, man. Nice. Did a rail of Viagra and hardlined some. <laughs> Ripped a rail of Viagra. <laughs> Woo. I'm ready. No, to you pump. still got to let us know how that, how that works. What's that? You're gonna let us know how that works, right? I don't. I don't do. I don't need the rails. Yeah, he's. What are you talking? I do about the that? regular version, and it works just fine for me. All right. Well, I'll do the fucking rail. I get All it. Right, please. The yeah. Miami guy has to be the one snorting shit. I mean, that makes sense. It does kind of make sense. Yeah. <laughs> just when I pass out from uh, my my Ant Man size erection. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. What's new, Joe? Well, let's see. What's new in the world of Joe this week? Um, I don't know. Um, I will have been in Orlando to visit Eric, who wasn't there, but dropped him off a bunch of guitar stuff. Yes. <laughs> and, it, and yeah, Eric wasn't there, and he's bummed out about it, but he really appreciated you dropping off all that guitar stuff. That's yeah. really nice of you. And, uh, What's going to be funny is when I drop it off and I look and I see Eric like peeking out the window, <laughs> like hiding from me. <laughs> No, man. You know I wouldn't do that. No, I have no. to go to uh, stinky old Pennsylvania. So Ugh, sorry. I'll, I'll be up there at the Pittsburgh side, so you know it's bad. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But we have to hang out soon. We don't live that far apart. It's been I too know. long. It's been it too has. long. And we were talking about maybe, you know, ultimate fantasy would be to go up north to visit Doug and hang out in Boston or do something, you know. So yeah, that would be very cool. Maybe that that's in the a pipeline good time. somewhere. Be a yeah. Good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I I recently ordered um, a Masters of the Cinematic Universe podcast T-shirt from Ooh. Eric's Teespring, uh, and the reason I did that and it's coming any day now. Um, Eric Eric is heading to Sweden to visit her dad, and um, we have an international fan in her her step nephew William, that's cool. uh, who loves the podcast. Absolutely loves the podcast. He's a guitar player, too, uh, so we've got that in common, but he absolutely loves the movie podcast. So, yeah, we're, uh, you know, by the time this comes out, he'll have already gotten it, so I haven't ruined any surprises. But, uh, yeah, she's bringing him a Masters T-shirt, so we're going to be advertised in Sweden. Oh, that nice. is amazing. So man. That's pretty cool, yeah, exactly. So Thank we'll you, William. The, that's awesome. We'll, we'll have the Swedish version of Ng Chang just posting random shit yeah. in the fucking group. Right? <laughs> and actually, w- William's dad was a champion bodybuilder for a very oh, nice. long time i mean he's still, he's still 
you know, he's still a bodybuilder. The guy, he's massive, um, Anders. But uh, yeah, he was a he was a, a champion bodybuilder for when I first met him. You know, when Eric and I first got together. So uh, oh, it's yeah. not intimidating yeah. at all, man. No, not yeah. oh, not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, very cool family. So yep. uh, this is a an MCU you know master's class, and I read a comic book today, sort of nice. on topic. But what you just said reminded me there was a scene in this Spider-Man comic where this guy is going to go ask um, the father of the girl he's dating for her hand in marriage. And turns out that the father is one of the villains, a Spider-Man villain um, named Tombstone. So he's this massive muscle dude and he's like a you know crime lord and stuff. And you, the whole issue is leading up to like this this meeting and when you find out it's him it's like oh that's not fair man this dude's, <laughs> this dude's sitting in a diner with him and he's like trying to work up the courage not only that to ask any you know daughter's father for you know their daughter's hand in marriage is a is a tough thing but happens yeah. to be this massive massive dude and right. yeah so i feel oh, for you <laughs> no that's true oh and by the way um uh when you said tombstone mm-hmm. will lay you fell asleep <laughs> Like I love. Just nodded off. I've also been revisiting the old X Men cartoons uh-huh. um, lately. That's cool. The, you know the. Do you find that they they hold up? Yes, actually, like they're way more adult than I thought they were too. They're not like like I don't know how I watched it as a kid because there's so many fucking adult things going on there. Like the stories are real, like really good. I think you'd enjoy it a lot here because it's all comic book stuff. And yeah, just the I mean, depth of characters they involved in it. I um, remember it being very soap opera. Like, very, you know... There's a couple episodes like that in the beginning, but, like, once you get into, like, the real, like, the Phoenix saga and, and um, Days of Future Past, I mean, it's the full comic book stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cool part was uh, they also give backstories. Like, you get this backstory of Gambit and his brother and, like, the Thieves Guild and everything. But um, I watched the Rogue backstory episode uh, probably yesterday. Um, of how Rogue got her powers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really fucking interesting why Rogue can fly and why Rogue is extremely, extremely strong. So much to the point there was one scene where Beast is holding a door open, like a, one of those glass doors, and Wolverine's trying to help him, like, because, you know, they're both fairly strong. And, like, they're, like, struggling, like, oh, it's about to close. Rogue just flies over one hand, fucking lifts it up, <laughs> like, nothing. <laughs> uh, there is a reason Rogue is extremely strong and can fly and isn't a fucking little teenage girl like the movies portrayed her originally. She's a fucking southern like like Jezebel hustler and uh, her and Gambit actually get married so like you know fucking go figure. But anyways, in the backstory to Rogue getting her powers, she's flying a plane and someone's going to try to stop her and that person flies up above the plane, rips the roof of the plane open and sits in there knocks Rogue like down and takes over the plane. And Rogue comes up behind this person and starts to absorb their powers because Rogue's power is absorption of powers. And the longer Rogue holds on to somebody, the more permanent the powers become. Well, would any of you like to take a guess whose powers she absorbed and pretty much killed this person? Like, this person was in a coma for a long fucking time after Rogue got a hold of them. You want to take a guess who that person might be? I can't answer because I already know. It's unfair. Yeah, see, I have no idea. I don't know know enough. It's one Carol Danvers. Oh, so the person yes. who almost kills Captain Marvel is actually Rogue, and that's so why. Where Rogue the fuck was Rogue when 
goddamn Thanos showed up. Fox, right. that's where she Damn was it. at, man. Where Rogue? was she? Was she with Ant-Man trying to fight a fucking invisible woman? I, I don't know, woman? but like, like, I'm just saying if Rogue was there, she would have fucking absorbed Thanos' exactly. power. Like, right? Yeah, no. She was hanging out with Morbius and Jeez. shit. She's fucking powerful. Like, uh, she's, <laughs> like it's funny when you watch her because she doesn't act like it. She's just, you know, the, the sultry kind of like southern um, chick that walks around, but she can beat the shit out of people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. She's, she is super powerful. And she, she can take anybody's powers. She definitely is. But the cool thing about that character is it's a very painful process for her to do that. And it not is. only does she get your powers, but she gets your fucked up memories and stuff. Oh, everything. And they stay intertwined with her memories, and it's like a torture thing. It's it's very interesting character to write. Um, but yeah, man, that's a great bit of trivia. And God damn it if that doesn't lead us into today's episode where we're talking about Captain Marvel. Get ready, incels, because I'm about to suck this movie off. There you go. I'm with you. I am with you. Never gets old. <laughs> it never will. Um, Big ass titties. <laughs> yes, as well. Uh, yes, we're here today to talk about Captain Marvel, uh, one of the most divisive MCU movies. Right? Very polarizing. Yes. Yes. And why? Why do we hate women so much? Exactly. Just mainly because of a bunch of insecure little shut-ins. Yeah, that get offended it. when they get called out on their bullshit. Exactly. Listen, you, know? you sad, lonely little fucks. Yeah. Women can be powerful too. It's okay. This is like the forerunner to review bombing. It's oh yeah, almost oh, started yeah. it all. Because I mean, the IMDb rating on Captain Marvel is like six point eight, and that's just because of the fucking review bombs for these idiots. Yeah. Oh and yeah. If, sorry, if you're one of these idiots that. That, that I'm talking about, and you listen to this show, go fuck yourself. It's that simple. I'll say it right now. Go and listen to something else. But we're going to stop that and move on and focus on the movie now. I second you go fuck yourself. You go right. fuck yourself twice. That's we don't fun. want you. Yeah. We don't want you. Joe, Joe likes you, though. So. <laughs> 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 no, he doesn't like you either. Um, no. Yeah, no. This, this movie stirred the pot. And uh, it stirred the pot in an unfair way. Before this yes. movie was even released, um, just the idea of a female-led superhero movie, it, it upset a lot of people for reasons that I can't quite wrap my head around. Right. Um, yeah. But there we were. So we're going to dive right into the story of this movie. I will preface this by saying this is another one of my favorite movie theater experiences was watching this movie. Um, again, has to do with my kids. I took my daughter to see Captain Marvel, and uh, she had a lovely, wonderful experience with this movie, and so did I. And That's great. She, she got out of this movie exactly what they intended, which was to feel empowered, and to feel powerful, and to feel, you know, those two words mean the same thing, by the way, but I've had a couple of beers, and... <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a moment towards the end of this movie, you know, a real poignant 
uh, moment where she actually turned to me and said, like, do you know why she's a hero, dad? And I had to look at my daughter and say, like, no, why do you think she's a hero? And she said, because she keeps getting knocked down over and over and over again. But she keeps getting back up. And fuck me, dude. Like, in a million years, that's the message that I want Mm -hmm. my daughter to receive from the movies she's watching. Absolutely. Because you don't have to have superpowers to be a hero. Right. If that's the definition, and it is. Yeah. And it was huge. Yeah. So we'll get there. But, But for now, we'll start with the opening of this movie. It takes place in the way, 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 way back of 1995, <laughs> which uh, if you didn't feel old before, holy shit. Right. Yeah, so far back that Doug was already married and had three of his four kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like when you learn that Nirvana is being played on classic rock stations. You're yeah. just like, Jesus Christ. Oh, what a soundtrack. What <laughs> oh, a soundtrack. Yeah. Great really soundtrack. Good soundtrack. So good. Uh, so we're in 1995. We are on the Kree Empire's capital planet of Hala. Warrior and Star Hala! Force. Hala! Is, it, is its moon called bread? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. Are you a Hala back boy? <laughs> uh, so on Hala, Warrior and Star Force member Verz. Verz? Verz. Yes, Verz. I got a problem with that, but that's okay. Yeah, there should be two easy. Because it's ver, it is verse, <laughs> but they had to say veers to sort of. That's the misdirection. Is she verse, <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> she verse. but it's Danvers, so it's verse. Two e's, it's veers. Yeah, but anyway, exactly. it's fine. Yeah. Little small, yeah. small nitpick. It's valid. So yeah. uh, veers suffers from recurring nightmares involving an older woman, Jan Rock, her mentor and commander. Warns her to control her abilities while the Supreme Intelligence, which is an organic, artificial intelligence who acts as the ruler of the Kree, urges her to help, (laughs) urges her to keep her emotions in check. Yeah. Yep. So we got Jude Law and uh, Annette Bening in there also. Yes, man. Jude Law. Right. That was a nice surprise for a... uh, an MCU. I'm always astounded right? at the actors that show up for these things. As yeah. He has a good choice for that role. Oh, yeah. definitely. He played that well. And yeah, it was. I, I remember reading that, that you know that he was in the cast before it came out, and I was very excited about that. Um, yeah, very cool stuff. So, um, yep. So um, while working with official Ronan the Accuser, who we met way back in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, played by Lee Pace. Um, what do you mean when we meet eventually in Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, this obviously <laughs> takes place before. And, you know, I dig it because Lee Pace played him as a more subdued Ronin. He was not the maniacal fanatic. He's, he's a fanatic, yes, but he was more controlled. He was still under the control of Star Force and, and the Kree Empire than yeah. he is in Guardians of the Galaxy because he's like over the top but in the best way possible. Where he's still very subdued in this. He's like, he looks the same, but I love the way Lee Pace pulled that off, by the yeah, way. Yeah, also it makes me wonder if like he knew at the end of this movie what he sees, why he didn't like, wasn't more fucking worried at the, you know, during Guardians. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I had that exact same thought, Joe. I did when that happened yeah. because, yeah, the same exact thing happened in, <laughs> in Endgame. Like yeah. the identical thing happened. And, and yeah, I, I, I had the same thought, dude. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. 
So, uh, so the Star Force, uh, they're, they're on a, a mission to rescue an uncovered spy. So it's Veer's first moment, uh, you know, being let loose, so to speak. She's on her first mission. Um, and, uh, you know, she, there's some nerves and stuff going on there, but she's ready to go. She's been looking forward to this for a long time. And one thing we want to drive home is that when she's in her training sessions with uh, Jan Rog, he's very, very, it's very important for him to um, keep her emotions in check. Um, you know, he, she needs to fight with her mind, not with her heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, that keeps being reinforced by him and the other members of the team, and we'll get to why. Um, so, um, it's during kind of, this kind of weird, there's a there's a storyline in this movie about every character telling a woman to keep her emotions in check. Yeah, I know, right? Like, exactly. Who would have thought? I know. That's that's a very good point. Uh, so this mission takes place on a planet where there are some uh, scrolls. And we'll learn about the scrolls a little more, but they are a race of people who are the arch enemies of uh, of the Kree Empire, and the Kree Empire's job uh, is to eradicate them because of the wrongs they have apparently done to the Kree Empire. So, uh, you know, during this mission, uh, Veers is abducted uh, by some uh, some scrolls and um, subjected to a memory probe. Uh, so yeah, it's a background. The scrolls are alien shapeshifters. Um, so beautifully <laughs> described later in the movie <laughs> when, when, you know, they're talking about the aliens and it's, it's fury. And I forget who else just trying to describe the alien shapeshifters. Oh, it's when, when fury first meets, um, um, Captain Marvel and she's given the description in front of the blockbuster. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, so uh, she, uh, during this, uh, this probe, we see they're trying to extract information. So basically with this mind probe that they use, they can see her past, but make her focus on things that she might not have been directly focused on um, when that event took place, like to get information. They need information on a location. Uh, so uh, she escapes, um, the, you know, she escapes the scrolls. a great... Um, fight scene it's so good because we start to see the potential of captain marvel um in this even with her hands you know she's got power in her hands but that's covered up with, the, with these you know shackles so to speak uh but she still beats the piss out of everyone <laughs> you know so it's very cool um so she escapes the ship uh in an escape pod and crash lands on earth um right through the ceiling of a blockbuster video. And that's our first earthly indication of what year it is, yeah. you know? Um, so obviously we're back in the 90s, you know? And that was very cool when the, when the trailer came out, you know, and you saw the blockbuster yeah. and you're like, oh shit, all right, now, you know, at least we get a sense of the time frame and what they're trying to do here. Uh, so it's very cool. Uh, okay, uh, so she is, uh, you know, she creates quite the disturbance, even though it's at night, scares the crap out of a security guard. Um, that's a funny little scene, too. And uh, the next morning is visited by uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents Nick Fury and Phil Coulson, uh, whose investigation at that point, when they're talking to her, is interrupted by a scroll attack. Um, 
So, you know, this is Fury's first and, and, and uh, Coulson's first experience with, you know, people from another planet. So they're a little taken aback by this. I mean, Fury's had his ideas that it's coming, but um, he's actually in the presence of it now. So um, in the ensuing chase, um, Veers recovers a crystal containing her memories and... and uh, uh, okay, because uh, this is so condensed, it's very hard to read. I'm just saying that. They miss yeah. so much shit they in do. this synopsis that I am. it's just throwing me off. Um, there's a great, because the, the scroll are shapeshifters, uh, there's a scene on, on a uh, rapid transit train uh, yep. where Carol is trying to figure out who the scroll is and um, she comes across old this old lady. Um, and immediately knows it's her, and they have this great fight scene in the su in the subway car, um, where this old lady and and you know, Veers are beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Um, that whole thing is wrapped up when uh, you know Fury in the car realizes that uh, Agent Coulson sitting next to him, he he reveals himself as a scroll, uh, which Fury you know. Does a nice job directing a car accident into the passenger side to take out that scroll um, and uh, escape. So uh, Veers recovers the crystal, um, and uh, Fury later meets and agrees to work with Veers, uh, while Skull Commander Talos disguises himself as uh, the Shield boss, basically Fury's boss, Keller. Um, uh, Talos is played by Ben Mendelsohn. Um, yeah. he's also yeah. one of my favorite actors. That dude, that dude can do anything. He crushes um, his role, man, especially behind all the prosthetics and shit. Yes, like. exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, Ready Player One and Rogue One, yeah. and uh, he's just so friggin' good. He really is. Although when I hear his voice, I, all I hear is the fucking Carl Urban voice from The Boys. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> like, my, but he just sounds like the butcher to me every time. I like, I'm like, something's not. I know it's not fucking him. He was scourged. Like, like, yeah. Stop focusing on that. I think he's Australian, though. I don't know. But you're right. The, the accent is definitely similar. Yeah, There's the no accent's question about so it. similar. Yes. It's like it's throwing me off the whole time. Yeah. Um, but all right. So uh, they, uh, they use Nick Fury. Or, sorry, just Fury. Not Nicholas Joseph Fury. Just yeah. Fury. <laughs> my friends call me Fury. My mom calls me Fury. My kid yes. will call me Fury. Um, but using his security clearance... We find out that uh, Lawson was a pilot who is presumed to have died six years earlier while testing um, an experimental lightspeed engine. Now, this is weird because they skipped this whole like scene of them going into the place. Like, right. Like, so they're going to this like place, the Pegasus place, where uh, NASA and the Air Force have a joint mission, and they kind of get locked in a room because they're asking questions about the wrong person. Also, I want to take out this moment to point out they're driving a 1995 Impala SS, which is one of my favorite cars of yes. all time. Yeah. Such a great fucking car. Yep. That 5.7 liter in there. Of course, yeah. Nick Fury, of course, Fury would have an Impala SS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really love the part where she watches him like do this whole thing with a piece of tape to get the fingerprint to open the door. <laughs> and then <laughs> two seconds later, she just blasts a hole through the door. <laughs> yes. And he's yep. like, you could have done that the whole time. You let me fuck around with tape. And she's like, it was cute. <laughs> um, so they, they find out the, um, the, the, the scientist, Wendy Lawson, was working on this light speed engine 
but the plans got canceled. Um, there was like way to waste a billion dollars of taxpayer money. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're in this cool like room where it's like a fucking like a a file. It's like a, a record. It's a records room. room. Yeah. Yeah, and they're yep. they're and they're walking through. Psh, psh, the lights come on and off. Yeah. They they meet a cat along the way too, a little orange cat, which is kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, Fury seems to really like the cat. You know, he it seems like he likes some pussy. But uh. <sighs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the cat's name is Goose. Yep. Yep. Um, so the two escape after they get confronted. Um, they, they take, they take, uh, goose with them who actually the cat belonged to Lawson. Um, and they take a small plane, uh, which I like when he goes, can you fly this? She goes, uh, he goes, that's a yes or no question. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I know. she's like, yes. Yes. Oh, um, and we do, we do learn because of the cat that Fury is a cat person. Oh yeah. He's very much a cat person. Oh yeah. And they, uh, they fly off to Louisiana where they're going to meet a, uh, fellow pilot from back in the day, Maria Rambo, and her young daughter, Monica. And they reveal to Veers that her real name is actually Carol Danvers. It's Carol Danvers. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. She's Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, she owns a diamond company. <laughs> you know, De, De Beers? De Beers. Yes. Yeah. Danvers. Danvers. De Beers. <laughs> I made the connection. Don't worry. Yep. Uh, Talos, who had tracked her, arrives and asks to speak. Using the black box recorder of Lawson's crashed plane, Danvers learns an alien spaceship had shot it down. And she now remembers Yon Rog killing Lawson, as well as Lawson's warning that the experimental engine's energy core had to be destroyed to keep it from the wrong hands. Uh, Veers shot it and was caught in an ensuing explosion with her body absorbing the energy. Yon Rog brought the amnesiac veers, the remaining portion of quote unquote Danvers on her broken dog tag to Hallow. So we get some we get some backstory, we get some holes filled in, so to speak. Joe, I know you like that. I do. I love when the holes get filled in. <laughs> I know you do. And then he falls asleep. <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean so far. You know, the amnesiac storyline is working for me. I'm enjoying having, like you said, uh, the holes filled in. Yeah. And it, it, they, do, they do a great job in the movie about exposing, not exposing, but revealing uh, these little tidbits in a, in a great way so that you can actually build the story on your own. You can sort of get your head around it. And, you know, I mean, even just the revelation that she's human who was given, you know, Cree uh, powers, so to speak, yeah, explains why she she fights differently than the Kree, who rely yeah. on on their brain power, where she goes with her heart, and that's yeah. a human, you know, and that's a that's a very common comic book and a Marvel theme is is what is what makes the human race so different than any other race out there, and why even though you know physically and and technology wise they don't keep up with all these races that they fight is why they always stand a chance because of human nature. Absolutely, so, man. You know. Captain America facing down Thanos, you know, right. with the exactly. broken arm and everything. This encapsulates yep. that, that spirit. And yeah. it's also very cool exploring that theme of, you know, suppressing Carol Danvers. Yes. And, and trying yep. to mold her into what they are rather than yeah. what she is because they fear her power ultimately. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I mean, it, it lends itself to, the, you know, the part of Marvel's goal way back in the day with the comic books was, you know, in order to present and, and sort of, you know, get people to realize that the melting pot is a great thing and mm -hmm. that, you know, that the mutt, right, so to speak, is always the champion in the end, the one that has a mix of everything. You know, in this case, Carol Danvers is part human and part Curry, and, you know, Steve Rogers is human but has the super soldiers. So it's like this conglomerate of everyone, uh, this sort of rainbow type thing that, that wins the day. So I, I, I dug that about this one because, they, again, they did it well without beating you over the head with it. Um, so uh, Talos, we're, we're at Maria Rambo's house, and Talos is explaining that the scrolls are actually just refugees um, and that uh, Lawson's experiments with the engine was uh, in an effort to help them escape beyond Cree reach because she realized that, the, you know, it was basically a genocide that the Cree were, were doing uh, for, you know, invalid reasons or just, you know, because they get off on that shit <laughs> is the bottom line because they are all in one way or another fanatical. So, um, you know, so that they were working together uh, with Lawson in order to, to get them away. Um, using coordinates that Lawson had given Danvers, she, along with Fury, Monica, and Goose, who for some reason terrifies Talos. <laughs> I know. So it's a great running gag. I like, I like, he's like the thing, he's like, oh, flirking, extremely dangerous. And he points at Nick Fury and it's like human male, not dangerous at all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, exactly. clearly that thing's broken. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so they, uh, they fly their Skrull modified cargo jet um, up into space to find the cloaked, uh, Lawson's cloaked uh, ship, basically space station. It's a, a Kree cruiser, I think it, it is. Um, it's there they find the source of the energy core's power, um, an item that we are now very familiar with that's appeared in a lot of different yep. movies, is uh, the Tesseract. Uh, so this is cool because it's sort of like an origin story of the Tesseract, so to speak, as yeah. how it came into Earth's life, you know, yeah. and, and, and was the catalyst for all this shit. Um, so and they find um, some, you know, and on that ship are some skull refugees, including Talos's uh, wife and child. Um, so Jan Rog's Star Force, having tracked them, um, they get on the ship, they capture Danvers and place her in, uh, in a sort of stasis um, to, so, so that she communicates with the supreme, what's her name? The supreme being? Being, yeah, I guess. Um, the supreme intelligence, oh, it says it right there. If I kept reading the sentence, I would have got to the word I couldn't remember. It's called <laughs> intelligence, which I obviously lack. Um, <laughs> so... It's here again that this whole suppression of, of her true power uh, is being done now by the Supreme Intelligence. Um, and she basically, you know, she's, she's shitting on, on Danvers now, um, reminding her of all the times she fell down um, and that she's not good enough. So um, this causes Carol to fight back and fight back hard. Um, she discovers that the Kree implant that purposely gave her Kree powers was instead limiting them. Yes. I, I also love the turn for Talos 
when when he, you know you your assumption that he's the villain of this movie yes just gets turned on its head and he's becomes sort of adorable yes, I mean, yes. oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely great. yeah because he's he's sarcastic and funny and and but he's you know he's a hero too yeah. you know he's there to protect his family so he can he can hold his own in that respect but yeah everything about the character and that's Ben Mendelsohn they, they hit you with the twist out. too yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the good guy, bad guy thing flips on its head, yeah. like right there, you know, and it's very cool. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I just gotta say, man, like, there's a lot of subtext in this movie that's clever in a very Marvel way, in a very, uh, I give it to Rod Serling for Twilight Zone, and I give it to Stanley for for Marvel. Yeah, as far as injecting the social commentary in these stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and we have to say that this is um, this is also Marvel's. This movie is Marvel's farewell um, to Stan, right? So, yeah, the the opening credits are all Stan Lee because Stan had passed before the movie, right before the movie came out. So the opening Marvel credits or the scene, you know, the the animation that uh, we usually see with all the different characters is all Stan. And, yeah, you know, yeah. the movie even opens up the credits say for Stan and. You know that's very emotional even to this day. It's very yeah. emotional. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have to. Oh, well, this to... isn't the last movie he's in. He no has a cameo, also in Endgame. That's true. He, they they film some stuff. They yeah, film, they show some stuff for later. Stan Lee, man, he was always he always seemed so happy to be a part of these movies. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in whatever capacity. And, Absolutely. Uh, he was. I forget like, what he was in this movie. Which one? He was uh, he was reading the newspaper on the subway, wasn't he? He was, he was looking. Yeah, he was, or no, he was reading um, Mallrats. That's right. Oh yeah. right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah okay. The script for Mallrats, which right, because he was repeating a line over and over again. Yeah, he, like he was reading that line over and over and over pencil, again. Chocolate cover pencil, chocolate cover pencil. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep. Or yep. when do I get to see the sailboat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was oh. that was a cool moment too to have like. Kevin Smith be officially recognized as canon in the MCU. Yeah, you know? yeah that's right, cool. right. Yeah, it's, that must have been huge for him. Yeah. But, now but yeah, the, the implant she pulls out looks a lot like the ones that the fucking Grandmaster puts in people, also. Yeah. On Sicard. Yep, it does. It does. Um. So, while Danvers is in her her like memory with the Supreme Intelligence thing, where she's like, you know, kind of like discussing it, she realizes that. Having found out earlier, like the energy wasn't from them; it was actually from the explosion. That she has the power in her, mm-hmm. and they're actually, you know, limiting her, not, you know, letting her use her full power. So she accesses this full force, and she like kind of just starts fucking everything oh, up yeah. at this point. Oh yeah, this is like you know, when like the the little kid who this whole life is like like. Like, you know, Richie Rich fucking, uh, he's been a poor kid, and he obviously gets all the money in the world and can do whatever he wants with it. He's like, <laughs> oh, indoor water slides to an ice cream fountain and shit. Like, this is her with these powers all of a sudden. Like, she's like, I've been weak this whole time. I'm fucking, like, amazingly yeah. ultra-powerful at this point. Yep. Um, so she uh, she just fucks everything up, gives the test rack back to Nick Fury to keep it safe, uh, which, like, it's, it's in... At this point, it's in like a uh, lunchbox, a Fawn's lunchbox. Yeah. And he doesn't want to touch it. So, like, the flurking cat just, like, opens up. These fucking tentacles come out and grab the Tesseract. Um, Which is the first time we actually see what the cat can do also, which is pretty fun. Yes. Um, 
And she goes out and battles the Star Force and gives Rambo time to get herself, Fury, and the Skulls back to Earth. Um, along with Goose, who is uh, not a cat, but actually an alien known as a flurkin. It has powerful tentacles <laughs> whose insides are a pocket dimension where the Tesseract is then placed. It's a I stupid name. <laughs> the flurkin? Because I think of Merkin. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, Rambo now is uh, shooting down these, these um, pursuing people after them. Um, and Danvers chases an escaping young rog, and then she discovers more of her powers, including the fact that she can fly. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. She single-handedly destroys a shit ton of ballistic missiles that are that are uh, are coming from Ronin, um, who's been called by young rog to fi- at that and fired him back at Earth. And then she fucking just starts blowing fucking Ronin ships out of the sky. Yeah. And then just kind of stands in front of him and gives him the not uh-uh-uh. Yeah, I know. That's so great. And he just uh, takes off, which is why we were talking earlier, like, how did he not, like, warn Thanos about this, This like, Carol Danvers, like, yeah. existed? Like, he sees what she can do. It's not like this is something he didn't know about. Um, Once on Earth, I love how she goes back to Yon-Rog, and he's trying to, like, talk to her and be like, Oh, but you fight me, you know, without our powers. She just punches him. He goes flying like <laughs> exactly <laughs> into yeah. a rock. Um, and then he goes, I can't go back empty handed. She goes, I'm not sending you back empty handed. I'm giving you a message. Mm. Take this back and warn them I'm on my way. Fucking hey, dude. Yeah. That's, that was that was some of the stuff that was going on when my daughter was was um, really, you know, gobsmacked by this movie. Because there's a point at which Jan Rog knows that he's no physical match for Carol. Yeah. So yeah. his his words become his weapons. You know what I yeah. mean? And you get these flashbacks to all these moments in Carol's life where she's failed. Um, right. But she, the, it's this wonderful little montage of her just getting back up. Getting, back up. You know, yep. even, even in childhood, just like inconsequent, yeah. playing sports, you know, things like that. And... Uh, yeah, man, that was that was when Natalie turned to me and gave me that little nugget of wisdom. That it's so fantastic. Yeah, it's so great. It brought a tear to my eye, man. Because yep. of course, like that's what you want them to get out of that story. Yeah, so. absolutely. And again, it doesn't beat you over the head with it. No. It's the point across, um, you know, in a great way. It's super so. subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So at this point, uh, now accessing her full force. Carol escapes, and she gives the Tesseract to Nick Fury for safekeeping. Wait, um, it's just Fury. Nope, you're past that. Oh, oh shit, no! Yeah. I pulled a Doug. Thank you. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Doug! That's right. You, I, I have that effect on people, don't I? <laughs> We're past all of that. Um, Carol agrees to help the Skrulls find a new homeworld, uh, giving Fury a modified pager, uh, which is so 90s, with which to contact her in an emergency. Fury later drafts a proposal for an initiative, changing the name after finding a photo with Danvers' old call sign of Avenger. Yeah. Oh, and I, I don't know. Did we skip over the part where we learn how Fury got his iPad? Oh, we did. We did. We did. This is very condensed, this, uh, this synopsis. Yeah. But yeah. God damn if this flurkin doesn't scratch old Nick's eye out, man. Yep, <laughs> he right? loves cats. He didn't deserve this. No. He's a cat well, man. The funniest thing is, like, so even with all the flurkin's power, what the flurkin did was 
just what a cat does. Just I mean, a cat, he was yeah. in the cat's face, and the cat swatted at him. Yeah. And uh, I, again, I, I love the, the line where, you know, I forget who asked him how his eye is, and he says, oh, no, it's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> Talos looks and goes, no, it's not. <laughs> Something like that. He's like, you're fucked without saying that. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. The whole, you know, there's always been some mystery around how that happened to him, and and for it to go down like that was just yeah. uh, kind of hilarious. I also yeah. like that, um, you know, during the the scenes at, at this last part of the movie here, during her meeting with the supreme intelligence, you hear Nirvana "Come as You Are." Um, yes. Then during the fight scene, you get "No Doubts, Just a Girl." Oh, it was mm. so good. It was so good yeah. when that stuff when that pops on, man. I got goosebumps. It's so good. And then at the end, you get you get whole. I can't remember the name of the song. But it's make me over. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. all I wanna be. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, the soundtrack we, to a bunch of angry dudes sitting yeah. in the room, and yeah. just For some sure. more randomness because of the damn short synopsis. But we also get a prequel, Korath. Oh yeah, um, mm. you know, uh, Jimon Hounsou, who's a great actor too. That dude, that dude rocks anything he's in. Um, yes. So yeah, we see a younger Korath. Who, who's gonna, obviously going to team up with the um, team up with uh, Ronan and, yeah. and Guardians, and then get his skull caved in? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. So yeah, I, you know, you get a little Easter egg there when you notice uh, Danvers' old call sign is Avenger, yeah. and it inspires Fury to uh, sort of change the mm -hmm. name there. It, it was another thing to make those particular men angry. It's like not only was she a great superhero in this movie, but she also inspired the name of the superheroes that you all liked. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, so many, so many feathers were ruffled, so many yeah. asses were burned by that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you schmucks, you fucking idiots. And it's um, weird because um, at the end of well, Infinity War, we've already talked about this at this point. When Nick Fury pulls the pager out to call her, like right before he uh, ashes away, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of interesting because you could have had this movie before or after Infinity War. It wouldn't have mattered honestly either way. It was just kind of a cool Easter egg at the end of Infinity War to see, like in the post credits, that he called her. Yes. To deal with this problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and another great, a, a really, you know. Um, great scene is when i forget who asked young monica um what she wants to be or what does she want to do when she grows up it was towards the end of the movie and she just says i want to help people mm -hmm. um and you know that at the time when she said it it's oh yeah that's great you know and then you know in uh, wandavision that comes yes. to fruition in a in fantastic way spectrum photon whatever she's going to be called yeah eventually. exactly you know then she's you know, going to be the next in the next iteration of the avengers i mean and then dr know. strange mom you know you get fucking uh maria rambo as captain marvel in the yeah. yeah dimension yeah yep exactly so yeah it's uh yeah there's just so many little moments in this movie that are absolutely fantastic you know uh, so, yeah, so we've got our, our, our typical mid-credits and end-credits scene. So in the mid-credits, uh, it definitely gets heavy because um, we, are, we are flashing forward to, um, you know, after the events of Infinity War when 
there's a lot of people missing and they're at Avengers headquarters, the gang's there. And the, the pager that they found where Fury used to be uh, was beeping and flashing for a long time, but then it stopped. So, I mean, Rhodey comes in and lets them know it stopped and they're all confused by this. Um, and they turn around and Captain Marvel's standing there and she's ready to go. And um, the end credit scene is funny in that uh, <laughs> Goose is on Fury's desk. Fury's not in the office. And... Goose becomes very much a cat and just decides to throw Terrible. up. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when Goose throws up, he throws up the Tesseract. Um, the only unrealistic thing about that scene is that he didn't throw up on a fucking rug because that's what cats do. <laughs> you could put a three-inch square rug on a wood floor, they'll puke on the rug. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> My cat does that all the time. I was going to say, you sound like you're speaking from experience. Oh, Tell us how you very feel Very much experience. Very much experience. A white rug on the hardwood floor, and there's plenty of room, and she runs. She'll run from the kitchen into no. the living room <laughs> to run to the rug to throw up. Okay? Well, that's because it's a throw rug. Yeah, it's a throw <laughs> rug. Exactly. Yeah, the Boom. throw up rug. But anyway, we still love our little Ginny, so it's all good. Yep. So and that means that's uh, the movie. Yeah, the end of that movie in a certain time. Now we got to do a certain thing. Yes, indeed. It's time to rate this movie. Uh, we are rating these MCU movies on the MCU scale. That means yeah. that a zero through five is only weighted against the other Marvel movies, not all other movies. You know this by now. Um, who's going first, guys? I'll go first because I've been going second and third the last two times. Yeah. So I, I, I do like this movie. I know it gets shit on a lot by people, but. I don't know. I don't give a fuck what people think. I like ultra-powerful people. I like the people who come in and fuck everything up. I'm right. a Thor guy. Like, you give me someone who's, like, omnipotent, you know, can fuck everyone up, I'm usually pretty good with that. Uh, it did take a little while to get there, but you also gave me Samuel Jackson. I got to see Clark Gregg again, so, right. like, I'm pretty happy. And I get to see a Radio Shack and a Blockbuster. Right. And hear the kind of music I grew up with, like, in my era. Yeah, I'm fairly good with a lot of the stuff in this movie. The story was good. Um, it all made sense. Great acting, great actors. Um, I don't really know why a lot of people had the problems they had with this movie, except for, like, we've said multiple times. Just, <laughs> like, they they got, some dudes just got small dicks and, like, get mad about yep. everything. Exactly. So, like, exactly. Um, That's what it comes down to. I, it was a pretty fun movie. Did um, you hear that, incels? You all have small dicks. Yeah. I mean, okay. you're not you're not passing out if you're fucking in, you know. No, definitely no. not. Okay. That's just science. That's just science. <laughs> I mean, just it's just science. science. Uh, that being said, overall, in the scale of it, it's not one of my favorite Marvel movies, but it's not one I dislike either. It's somewhere in the... I'd say it's in the upper... Th well, it's the upper, like, middle for me. Like, 
It's it's not in the first third. It's it's in the second third, but it's like one of the top second third movies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd still probably put it higher than the movie we did last time, which was Ant Man and the Wasp, just because it's a better movie. <laughs> but but it's not getting near Guardians or Ragnarok or anything. Oh kind of stuff. no, no, yeah. Um, I'll probably go with like a four point oh on this. All right. I think it's good enough to deserve that, and it sets up one of the most powerful characters we're having. Like, yes. It sets up a very, very fucking powerful person. Yeah. Nicely stated, my friend. 4.0 out of 5. Um, I will say that it's hard for me to be objective about this movie because it did give me that beautiful moment with my kid. But if I'm to take a step back and just judge it on its merits, I think it's a really entertaining <laughs> movie. I love the the flip of the Cree uh, scroll dynamic. Um, I love getting into Carol Danvers' backstory. I love the message. You know what I mean? It's a very feminist movie. So I understand why so many insecure males hate it. But feminism is not a bad thing. <laughs> nope. That's, that's the bottom line. It's a really good thing. It's a really positive thing. And um, yeah, it's about a powerful fucking woman discovering that she doesn't need to listen to any of these assholes anymore. Right. It's a, it's a valuable lesson. Um, yeah, I you know Marvel historically is about sticking up for people who you know get put upon in society, and unfortunately for a long time that's been women, it's been minorities, it's been uh, homosexuals, it's been you know these marginalized groups. And yes. if you don't understand that, I mean, we're talking about shit that was written in the early '60s, so it's not new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like they decided, they, oh, this woke agenda or what. Like, they've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like the X Men comics were pretty much just about being gay in the '60s. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not surprising, and it's it's really weird that people reacted the way they did to it. Um, all that being said. It's a really fun movie. It does set up a lot of things. Uh, it's I, I, I'm sort of in line with Joe. I don't think that it you know takes the throne. I don't think it's the greatest Marvel movie ever made. Um, I would give it the same score, four out of five on the nut. Um, you know, like I said, trying to take a step back and taking my feelings out of it. I think that's still a fair score. Yep. Yeah, I I get it. I get it, guys. Um, And just quickly to your point, Eric, you know, the thing you need to remember, you talked about, you know, the marginalized people and the way they did it in the 60s and, you know, the idiots calling it woke now. But, you know, the comics were written in the 60s when these people didn't have a voice. And that's that that's the important part of that. Now, the ability to have a voice is is more available so Marvel's taken the reins and have used their platform, which is, you know, the, one of the largest platforms in the world, to get the word out. And change doesn't come unless you're pissing people off. Um, yep. you, know, change, you know, if you're not pissing people off, you're not doing it right. And Marvel's doing wait, it right. Wait, wait. If you don't have haters, how do you know you're doing anything right? There you go. There exactly. You go. So uh, they're doing it right. The more people you piss off, and they did, and, you know, that bumps it up in my book, but the movie on its own merits is a great, fun movie. Um, the humor is, it's not Ant-Man level or Guardians level humor, but uh, Brie Larson 
plays the comic side of Captain Marvel beautifully. Yeah. I mean, even in the in the in Endgame, you know, um, hey Peter Parker, just the way she delivers the the lines like yeah. that, and in this movie, that sarcasm, but not over the top overt sarcasm, she does it so well, and it makes it even funnier for me. So all that said, um, I'm going and again looking at my previous scores for movies. I'm giving this a 4.1 because it, again, it doesn't touch that tier first tier group but it's almost or at the top sort of in the mix but with my second tier so 4.1 very nice yeah so it seems like we all pretty much agree on this one yeah Yeah, man we're on the same goddamn page my friends right Right? that's exciting shit Um, a good night for episodes for us because we there was three great movies yeah Yeah. we we all pretty much agreed on everything roughly score wise yes yeah there wasn't much mm-hmm. deviation at all. No, no. Synchronicity. Like right? Like Are we it. syncing up now, boys? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It's that time of the month. Um, <laughs> Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually is Shark Week, uh, I think. We still. just spent an hour, you know, pushing the, uh, a beautiful <laughs> feminist agenda, and we just end it like that. <laughs> we're not perfect people, Doug. Oh, no. Yeah. No, we're not. No. But, but there no. are some perfect people who believe in us for some reason. That's yes. true. We got to start thanking them. Uh, first guy we got to thank is a gentleman by the name of Mo 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 DeWitt DeWitt Law. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have legal questions, just call Mo. If you'd like to know why men got mad at this movie, don't call Mo because I don't think he's that kind of dude. He's a good dude. But uh, if a cat-like alien creature scratches your eye. Oh, 100%. You could call Mo because could Mo could have a conversation with the owner of said cat. Oh, he's suing the fuck out of that cat. There you go. What, what if you're in an army experiment and an airplane explodes and shoots you with all kinds of fucking powers? That well, yeah, depends. You, There's you, a lot you of factors. You can, nah, but you can. Mo would go right after the military for that. Like, he would own them for that. So Can we show that that there are damages, you know? Like, yep. how did it affect your life? Yeah, that's way? true. You that's know, true. we got to. You gotta leave that for for Mo to handle. He's the expert. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Again, if you seriously, if you are hurt, if you are injured, if you need help, if you're a car accident, Mo is your guy. Uh, Mo Dewitt Dewitt Law. Just call Mo. Yeah. And we've got some other fine folks to thank our uh, Patreon members, our patrons who have uh, contributed uh, their hard-earned cash to us, so we can do a show. And it helps us tremendously. So we'll read that list right now. Uh, we've got Hannah Christ, uh, Peter Bianco uh, from the Tone Jerks and the Second Button Podcast, Brian Gower uh, from the Just Surprise Me Podcast that he co-hosts with Joe and I, Mr. Will Lehu. Uh Tony DeGraw from the Signal Path Podcast, the Texas State Boggle Chance Podcast, which is a King of the Hell recap podcast. And the Texas Ice 10-4 podcast, which is a Letterkenny recap podcast, both of which he co-hosts with Joe. Um, Mr. Michael McVeigh, um, our newest member, Mr. Michael Van Zant. Michael, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And last but definitely not least, we know him, we love him, Mr. UG Rection. Thank you, Mr. Rection. Thank you very much. And if you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter, visit patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U to support the show, you cheapskate. (laughs) Yeah. We're calling you out. 
We have, we've obviously confirmed that we have no problem calling p- groups of people out, and we're calling you out if you listen. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. Very, very aggressive that way. And, you know? and if you don't want to support us, maybe you have a small dick. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so prove us wrong. Yeah, prove yeah. us wrong by downloading but not listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even a dollar, uh, let's say it this way, a dollar an inch, so... Oh. <laughs> you want to, you, you don't need ten dollars worth. We'll just say you have a ten inch dick. No one needs to know the truth. Exactly, exactly. That's a, that's our that's our method of of measurement here. Again, that's just yeah. science. Yeah, yep. it is. It's just science. And, um, uh, yeah. No, I I just again thank you so much to everybody who supports the show. Um, there's a million ways to do that, and one that's free is you could just join the Facebook group, uh, Masters of the Cinematic Universe. You can get involved with. Uh, just swimming through a sea of memes and and yep. funny shit. I posted yeah. a funny one today about Amber Heard playing the Invisible Woman. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> pretty, the butcher. The butcher. Look at this invisible cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's the, the that. Hey, the sales pitch is strong. You can see quality stuff like that on the, yeah. uh, <laughs> on, the on the Facebook page. Exactly. Um, you interact with us in any way you want, and if you're in the uh, in the Patreon crew, there's also a uh, patron only chat where you can uh, sling messages at us to your heart's content. Exactly, and we've we've had some Patreon members uh, be guest hosts, so yeah. that that can always be a thing if you become a Patreon member, even at a dollar a month. You oh know, yeah, absolutely. We can talk about getting you on for an episode. So, and. Uh, so, yeah, the last thing I wanted to say before we wrap this up is that uh, we really appreciate you hanging in with us uh, doing all these Marvel Masters classes because uh, we've actually gotten through almost all of Phase 1, 2, and 3. Uh, yeah. we, got two thing- we got two movies left, and we will wrap it up. And these are the big ones, Infinity War and Endgame. And we can't wait to do them. They're both- actually, technically, Infinity War is already out. They're listening to this. That's true. It is. It is. And... Um, That'll be a full movie episode, or was a full movie episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we did some time traveling of our own here. And it's yeah, we getting, jump around all over the know, place. Yeah, I I can't keep track. Nobody um, can. Okay. I'm like Billy Pilgrim in uh, in uh, <laughs> what the fuck movie is that? In book is that Kurt Vonnegut? Where he yeah. Just, he lives his life out of order. <laughs> um, oh, that's that's an apt. Yeah, that's, that's Slaughterhouse Five. I can yeah. relate to that. Slaughterhouse Five. It's a great movie and an even better book. And Kurt Vonnegut is a hero to me. Um, so anyway, yeah, we really appreciate you guys sticking through this because it's been a blast for us. And we're not done. Don't get me wrong. We're not done. We got oh, yeah. Phase Four, Phase Five, Phase Six. We got Wanda, TV shows. We got movies. Shows. We got everything. And we're going to oh, do yeah, it. We got a bunch more. But it's been a blast. So anyway, that's what I got. Yeah, and then we're going to really fuck you up and do a DC movie. You'd be like, what? Yeah. What's yeah. happening? Um, oh. And the famous words of, of uh, T'Challa, we don't do that here. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys saw the news today, but Foggy reached out to the makers of uh, Batgirl. And oh, did he? There's some shit going on there. That okay. I saw that, Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? It could just be rumors, but we'll see. That'd be cool. I mean, they, they really did those guys fucking wrong. <laughs> All big time. That was, All that was so fucked money. up. All oh. for the money, those fuckers. Hey, that, that, the one I saw today was the one about the like uh, Warner Brothers. We put this money in here, but we realize it's not good, so we're not gonna put it out. Then it's like Sony; they we just re-released Morbius <laughs> in theaters for twice the second time. Exactly. Well, that that the the CEO of Discovery, 
who's now running the whole show, he's he's certifiable. That man's a, insane. Yeah, he's like literally no joke. Like I think there's some mental issues going on there because that guy's a lunatic, <laughs> and it's him doing all this slashing and burning. And they're going to fuck up HBO, which has like been the gold standard for a very, very long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm curious you know? to see how all this shit plays out. Because, yeah. yeah, it's it's just, it's a mess. Yep. He's talking about like, oh, you know what? Here's a, here's a novel idea for DC uh, movies. We're just going to copy Marvel, which is. Yeah. That's <laughs> what got you in trouble in the first place, man. Like, yep. just fucking stop. Stop it. Yeah. Stop yep. it. Anyway. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're loopy. It's late. So with that said, there's really only one thing left to say. Yep. Lights. Camera. Fuck off. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we fucking PBS? Oh yeah. You know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we, Jeopardy. <laughs> are you, though? Listen, guys, we, we need your help. Uh, to help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch uh depending on the tier that you sign up for oh we got all the tiers oh yeah you can either be a friend of the show a friend with benefits we just we could start to get serious or you could just put a ring on it already yeah and if you uh if you exceed that amount uh you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if if you want Not safe for your eyes, picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anyway. anything, picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout-out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.